And we are back on the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. Uh, listeners, thanks for sticking with us. We took a quick hiatus. Uh, Christian here, and uh, pleased to announce that I am back after uh, my wife and I welcomed our beautiful twin baby girls into the world last week. Um, and so this is my first episode as a twin dad and now a father of three. And who better to uh, bring on the show with me than fellow twin girl dad uh, and friend of the show, uh, Connor. So Connor, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for bringing me on. Uh, congratulations. I mean, yes. What a wonderful day or time to be alive, you know? Awesome. Yeah. So exciting. It's, uh, so exciting. It's been a bit of a whirlwind, for, as I'm sure you are uh, uh, completely aware, and uh, we're yes. going to get into a lot of the whole kind of twinning uh, aspect of this um, a little bit later on in the show. Um, but um, first off, I have to say to you um, and to your wife, thank you so much for uh, all the support you've given us, and specifically to your wife, shout out for the beautiful photos that she took of our baby girls. Um, they are absolutely precious. My wife and I are uh, are overjoyed with them. So, quick shout out to uh, to your wife there for her photography skills. We do appreciate that. She is an incredibly talented photographer, and I'll tell anyone that wants to hear it, she is phenomenal. Yes, absolutely. And she's obviously uh, happy to do it for you guys, too. Well, yes, of course. I know, and we, and we appreciate that. But um, just right away, I was going to say, you've actually got quite a few um, babies in your world at this point in your life. Now, obviously, not your own, but you also have no, five no. of your own. But it seems like everybody you know is having babies right now or is pregnant, correct? Uh, pretty close. There's you guys who just had a baby. My friends, Katie and Chris, who had their first child the same time as my twins and your first was born. Uh, they just had their second. Uh, my sister is currently pregnant. Um, my wife's brother is and his wife are pregnant. Um, my cousin and her husband are pregnant. They're, this is all with their firsts. And then a really close friend of mine from work is currently pregnant with her second. So, yeah, everyone I know is pregnant. So, uh, so the, yeah, so your family is spreading fertility far and wide, it seems. Um, well, which, for the longest time, it was just myself. We were the only ones. We have, my kids have no cousins. Well, I was going to say, for anyone who knows your wife, um, uh, we joke that fertility is her strong suit. Um, oh, so, is it ever? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so it's probably good she's spreading it around anyway. Yes. Um, but, uh, so yeah, my twins were born. Um, just over a week ago now, um, and everybody is home and, uh, everybody is doing well. Uh, mom is doing great. She's been a rock star, um, from the jump. And, uh, we're definitely going to get into a lot of that on the, um, on previous episodes. Um, but what I'm really excited to find out from you today is kind of your initial experience with twins, um, not only from the hospital stay, um, but then bringing them home and then kind of the initial kind of, you know, home aspect of having twins, but then also having twins with additional kids. So, um, you know, I'm super excited to, uh, to learn a little bit from you this week. But uh, what do you say we get this episode started? I'm in. Let's do it. All righty. Let's, lo let's load it up. to the next episode of the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. I'm Christian, joined by my good friend and now fellow twin girl dad, Connor, um, who has been on the show previously to talk all things twins. Um, and we're going to do a little bit more of that today. But before we do, as always, um, we want to thank everyone who makes the show possible. Uh, first and foremost, producer Ryan. Um, we don't make it easy on you, but we uh, appreciate you making us sound as good as we possibly can. Um, and for all your hard work with the show, Michael Spicer Music. You can find him at Michael, Spice, Michael Spicer Composer. Um, he does all of the sound, that original theme music, the stingers, the imaging, the branding. Vishal Murthy, the vet cartoonist for all of our logo um, and, and imaging and all of that great stuff. Um, and really also our wives and daughters, because let's be real, um, they allow us to do this. Um, because Connor, as I'm sure you're aware, it's true that they allow us to do it. Um, and then, of course, you, the listeners, because without you, we would just be two weirdos talking to each other over the internet. 
All right, listeners, you know what that sound means. It means that it's time for a recurring segment that we call The Good, The Dad, and The Ugly. Now, if you've been with us before, you know that this segment is essentially a review segment where we like to talk about something that uh, has been happening recently or something that's on our minds. You know, give it a quick review, our thoughts, questions, concerns, you know, all of that type of stuff. And Connor, I feel like it's probably time because we really haven't talked enough about it. Um, but we need to talk about the Buffalo Bills season about halfway through. What do you say? I'd say you're going to need more than an hour on this podcast, but I'm down. <laughs> um, for, for, for those of you who don't know, um, Connor, um, an extremely, extremely, uh, I'll say rabid Buffalo Bills fan. Um, now, before we get we started go. with this, um, your profile picture um, uh, that you have like on your phone and all of that type of stuff is actually um, a Josh Allen selfie. Now, do you yes. want to do you want to explain to the listeners how you came about that photo? Because I think it's a pretty cool story. Okay, absolutely. So, back in 2019, when the Bills clinched their um, play, first playoff, well, not the first playoff berth, Andy Dalton clinched our first playoff berth out of the out of the drought, and that was fine and fun. That was back in 2016, I think. Um, whatever, when they did it themselves, they didn't need a, uh, errant garbage time touchdown from Tyler Boyd to get in the playoffs. This was, uh, back in 2019, they were in Pittsburgh to do so. They beat the Steelers. And then when they were flying home, a bunch of fans decided to go to the airport, including myself. And I have not been since, I know it's been kind of a thing since I haven't, I don't, I only went the one time, but I saw a video because obviously I follow the Bills a couple weeks before this of them coming home from an, from a a game, and there was like the Josh went and like high five someone through the fence like they had their fingers through it, and I saw where he did it. So when I went to the airport, I'm like, okay, so at least I know he walks through right here, and that's where I went. And they came in. It was like two thirty in the morning. It was twenty five degrees out, and Josh comes walking up past us. He 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 goes right to where we're at. Grabs this kid is on this kid next to me is on someone's shoulders with his phone, you know, recording the thing. He grabs the kid's phone, takes it and takes a selfie and I am right next to him. Some it gets on Twitter somehow, I think from the kid or whatever. Somehow the Albert Knox art gallery gets a hold of it and uh they hung that photo up for, I don't know, it was probably a couple months, it was in the Albert Knox Art Gallery. So I am artwork. I am, you know, I've always thought, you know, myself as a work of art and everything. But uh, yeah, so I was at for a while there with Josh Allen in the Albert Knox Art Gallery. But there now was. you are actually framed, displayed, art gallery masterpiece. Yes, exactly that. With Josh Allen. And, yes, right. But you know, the funniest thing about this is, is I wasn't supposed to be there at all. My dad was going to get me tickets to that game in Pittsburgh because his best friend knows Mike Tomlin. Whoa. So, like, yes, exactly. There was this whole plan to get me plans, and I was just trying to finalize getting off at work. Like, hey, I am want to go to Pittsburgh. And I was able to get off, but I guess it was too late, and something my dad wasn't able – they weren't able to get me the tickets. My dad ended up still going. He, you know, they live – he lives in Tampa, so he – However it happened, but I got like, you know, the short end of the stick and like, we don't have a ticket for you. So I'm like, whatever, I'll watch it at home. I don't care. And that led to me being able to go to the airport and welcome them back and get in the Albert Knox. So had my dad, you know, followed through and gotten the ticket, wouldn't have happened. Because I would have been driving home from Pittsburgh at that time. And now every time you text me, that photo comes up because it is your display picture on your uh, on your iPhone there. So um, so not only there is it artwork in a gallery, but uh, everywhere on social media as well. That's yes. fantastic. But all that being said, let's talk some Buffalo Bills. So I've broke I've broken this down into a couple of categories. Literally, what I call the good, the dad, and the ugly. So I have three things that I want to. I have a good, I have a dad, and I have an ugly. Um, and so basically these are things that, um, you know, something I'm impressed with, something I'm like, eh, 
and then something that I'm like, oof, this needs some work. Um, sure. And then we can, and we can, and we can chat about it. Okay. Um, and then we can obviously, you know, spiral down, like you said, a rabbit hole and take three hours and forget to talk about our twins altogether. But um, that's the plan. That sounds good. Um, let's start with the good. And for me, so far this year, what I've been incredibly impressed with is the defensive line and, and specifically Greg Russo. Oh, absolutely. He has been an absolute destroyer of worlds. He has been Thanos. He has been just unbelievable. Yes. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was um, not that I consider myself a draft expert by any means, but I remember watching uh, the draft with my next door neighbor, um, who, uh, for those of you who have listened to the podcast before, that's neighbor Jay. He's been on the show before. We were watching in his basement. And we both kind of scratched our heads because we were like, I mean, I'd never heard of him um, necessarily. And I was kind of like, who is this guy? And, you know, they give you the whole like, oh, freak athlete, this and that. And you're just like, okay, you know. Um, and then I was like, well, they already have Ed Oliver. So, like, you know, what is this, a, you know, what is this going to be? Is this going to be a project, this, that, and the other thing? He has been unbelievable. Anything but. Yeah, he, is, he has been unbelievable from the jump. Um, so I'm curious your thoughts. What, what, what is something, well, what are your thoughts on the defense? And then what is something about the bills that you've been extremely impressed with thus far? Uh, the, the defense is the correct answer there. Obviously. Um, if this defense had been there last year, I mean, there was no stopping the bills. Like this defense has been phenomenal. And, and yes, Gregory Rousseau, Great pick. He's a massive human being. He's he's pressuring, getting tackles. He forced a fumble last week, or was it the week before? He's oh, he's been great. Uh, the thing that impresses me the most, I probably the defense is the correct answer. Like I said, but Dawson Knox coming out of his shell of mm. unable to catch passes and. I mean, he caught passes, but then half the time he dropped them. I remember being at a Miami game, I think two years ago, and like in front of me twice, he dropped the pass. I was like, oh, what is this guy doing? And now he's like the tight end you want in your fantasy team. He's like, had he not, had he not gotten injured, he'd be up there with Kelsey. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. been phenomenal this year. And, and that's something oh, that him. you could tell that they were absolutely missing last year. I'm, now, yep. the offense last year was insane. Lights but, out. It's just that added, it's that added weapon that mm -hmm. then it's just the one extra. And, and I mean, I could be making this up because he is my fantasy tight end this year. <laughs> so I'm, uh, other than the broken finger, I've been pretty happy with that. Um, right. I feel like him and Josh are on the same page so much more than they were last year because yep. when Josh is scrambling, I feel like whenever Josh scrambles, like Dawson Knox is the one he goes to almost exclusively. Like it's not it's, Diggs. It's not, I mean, I mean, obviously it's the, the wide receivers too, but I mean, like, I feel like it's Dawson Knox that is really right. like on the same page with him, which is something that I feel like uh, Bill's fans know this all too well that everybody um, collectively holds their breath whenever Josh starts to scramble because <laughs> sometimes it gets a little not dicey. Um, but now, now he has, um, like now he's just, he's got that guy. Um, so I think that's, that's a really good one. Um, but that transitions well, me into my next one, which is, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, last year, I almost felt like it was Gabe Davis for a while where he was, when he was scrambling all of a sudden, 20 yards downfield, there's Gabe Davis with two toes in, in, in bounds, making a catch like out of nowhere. It's also, it's also allowed, I think Josh to be, Somehow, I feel like even more red zone efficient, um, even though that was never a problem is, of right. his. But I feel like Which you didn't think it was possible, is right. that like, you know, like I said, corner, corner end zone, you know, like you said, toe touch guy. Um, but uh, mm -hmm. but speaking of Josh, um, he um, so that transitions me into our next um, category, which is the dad. So this is kind of my tread you know, lightly, ah. tread lightly. Um, it's it, to me, it's Josh Allen. Um, and here's why I say that 
he's got a stupidly high expectation, right? If Aaron Rodgers doesn't have his, like, unbelievable MVP season, Josh Allen's the MVP. Arguably, he was the MVP. And you could make it, like, no one's going to laugh you out of a room saying Josh Allen was the MVP of the NFL last year. And so I think he has... See, I don't even want to call it a regression because it's not. Um, it's not. But, no. it's, but, but he, he hasn't been as good statistically. Um, and he hasn't been, uh, I mean, the offense hasn't been as good. You know, we've seen some really good games, but then they put up six points against the Jags. Um, and then we have a good game. And then he kind of like for a little while in, in the Dolphins game, it was, it was a pretty big struggle to, you know, score touchdowns in that. So... Um, so I feel like there's been some kind of just like, Meh. kind of, um, you know, performances from him and from him in the offense. Um, and the only reason why that gives me a little bit of concern is just because down the stretch, they're going to play better defenses. They're going to have to go toe to toe with Tennessee, Kansas city, you know, whoever's at the top of the AFC and they just can't afford those performances um, because that's what's going to, you know, that's what's going to end their season potentially in January or February. Um, if that happens, I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying it, it, that would be a huge downfall for them. So that's right. why I put that in the kind of middle of the road category, because while I have absolutely no concern about Josh Allen, it just hasn't been what he was last year, which, you know, just makes it a little bit more towards mediocre. But again, I'm comparing right. that to his essentially N- uh, NFL MVP season. So again, I realize right. that analysis is slightly unfair. But anyway, so thoughts on Josh Allen? And then do you uh, have something that's kind of been okay, but maybe could be improved? Uh, first, I will never uh, speak ill of Josh Will- Allen. So I'm going to um, go and say he's he's perfect. But no, you're you're right. You're right, though. Um, I think, and, and by the way, his, his numbers last year and yes, Aaron Rodgers beat him out for MVP. His numbers like in every statistic was better than Lamar in Lamar's MVP year. So he was the MVP last year. I know you are partially Aaron Rodgers, but, um, not anymore. Actually, are you anymore? Are you anymore after what? Two weeks ago. Um, thing? We don't have enough time in the podcast to, okay, okay. to, to um, go over my um, go over all of my thoughts on that issue. Um, but I'll summarize it by saying, um, I will never wear my Aaron Rodgers jersey again. Sure. But well, I they're going to start. And I got you. And, and they will. And they will start. Have to start next summer printing um, green and yellow Cole Beasley jerseys. I'm sure he'll find his way on Aaron Rodgers' team, so they can be buddies together. Um, no, my my dad, my 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 good dad, um, the the mediocre running game. Um, it's better than it was last year, but it's still. I mean, granted, let's see what they're going to do with Matt Burita. Finally, they're involving him, but um, Zach Moss has been better. He's been, and I, I hate to get into this again, but fantasy relevant. I think that's a, a thing that people can understand. And Singletary's been all right, but it's still not. You know, it's still not a good running game. It's they're it's still so pass heavy. Like, yes, right, and that's probably part of it. But they've also tried to go more run heavy this season than they did last season. Like last season, they were just airing it out. Brian Dayball has been trying to go run heavy, and it's still just ugh, it's ugh. uh yeah. So yeah, that's that's my thing. That, that actually, the run game that actually actually transitions me perfectly into my ugly, um, yes. because. My ugly of the Buffalo Bills this year um, is the offensive line. And I think that translates specifically into the running game. And I think it translates specifically into Josh Allen not being as productive because he doesn't have time. He's the, there's no holes. Um, You know, he was getting, you know, he's getting pressured more this year, Um, like everything. And, and I don't really know what the what the difference is um, because I mean they drafted Spencer Brown, who is a mammoth, phenomenal. He's a mammoth of a human being, yep. and he's been phenomenal. 
Um, I mean, you know, they still have, you know, Feliciano, like they still have the like core group of guys there. Um, I just, I, I don't know what it is, but they've been, I mean, frankly, they've been borderline abysmal this year. Um, which hasn't allowed Moss to hit the hole and it hasn't allowed Singletary to, you know, whatever block and screen and that, like it hasn't allowed them to do any of those things. And so like we said, yeah, Josh is running for his life half the time. So of course he's not going to have as good numbers and, you know, and that type of stuff because they're not able to run their offense because the offensive line has been, um, has been pretty bad and, heavily penalized as well. Um, you know, they've been false starting, holding. Like, I feel like they've just been holding, all holding, over the place holding. this year. Oh and God. it's been, uh, so yeah, it's not been, it's not been a good, uh, not been good tape that they've been putting out um, this season, which has been a concern. Again, brings me just into the overall expectation of when you get into late December, January, and that type of thing, if that O-line's not holding up, that concerns me, and I don't want to say it because I feel like it's sacrilege in Western New York to say this. Correct. You still have to play the Patriots twice. Okay. And anybody that's been watching them that, that anybody that's been watching them recently realizes that their defensive line is very good, and that just concerns yes. me a little bit. It just concerns me a little bit. Here's why it does not concern me on the whole of the, the whole perspective of playing the Patriots. Yes, their defense, defense has been excellent. As has ours. And Mac Jones has been, while the best rookie quarterback this, this season, he arguably, not even arguably, he is. He's probably going to no, win it. Argue, rookie yeah, of the he's going to win it. He'll, he'll win rookie of the year. Yep. But he's been meh. He's not, he is a game manager. He has not been like some lights. Like I, I didn't watch the game. I went to the Sabres game on Thursday. Very unfortunate because five nothing loss. But um, and they're they're horrible. But I didn't watch the the Falcons Patriots game on Thursday. But from what I saw on Twitter and social media, or whatever, was that they're like they've already named him Tom Brady number two. And like, how how are you? It's disgusting. I mean, like, so like, I, like, I did watch it just really quickly. Yeah. I did watch it. And yeah, he went like 23 for 26. So everyone's like, oh my gosh, like crazy. But his longest pass, he had one like 20 yard pass. And otherwise his longest pass in the air was like seven yards. Right. He's getting a lot of run after the catch. He's getting tons so, of run after the catch. Which, which is a good game plan. Like if that's, right, you know, yeah, that's it's fine. fine. But, it's fine. and like you said, so overall, I don't think it, Buffalo is by far the better team overall, for sure. But like I said, it's one of those, like, Buffalo was also way better than Jacksonville, and we saw what happened. Yes, yes, yes. So it's one of those where when, because look what happened in that Jacksonville game. They disrupted Josh Allen and the offense. With Josh Allen. With Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, going through Twitter while that was going on was fantastic, even though it was very in a fun. loss, but it was very, very funny. Um, yes. But that's but that just goes to show that's maybe it's just I'm overreacting because I saw the Jacksonville game and knowing what the Patriots defensive line is. Do you know what I mean? Like I I might yes. be making a leap there. Um, but anyway, that's what concerns me. So do you have very an ugly that's not the offensive line that you wanted to talk about? I mean, I can, yes. Well, no, it's the offensive line is the correct answer. Again, there, there's nothing worse than that, especially Spencer Brown, Mr. He's going to miss the next two games because he's unvaccinated. And oh, I'm very, very upset about that. Um, but uh, if if I have to go somewhere else, because you already use offensive line, uh, maybe if we're going to go comparing to last season again, like the perfectness, the punter, I don't even know his name, but we had Borquez last season who was like, putting it on a dime from 90 yards. He could put it wherever he wanted. And now we're not getting it. So it's, 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 it's minuscule. It's, it's less, you know, important. The offensive line is really the bad thing. But if I had to go somewhere else, um, I'd like to see more Beasley, but he's seems to be injured. So I don't know. I'll go with the punter. I feel like you're right. There has been much less Beasley, but I mean, I feel like Emmanuel Sanders is probably the reason why. 
he is dealing with injuries so that he has not been getting as much staffs. But yes, Emmanuel Sanders has been a major upgrade from John Brown. And I love John Brown. But Emmanuel Sanders has been just another piece to what would ha- should have been this offensive juggernaut. And and they they have the biggest point differential in the league. They they're they've been good, but here's the thing. They've been they've been good. And we we're talking like they haven't, which is like the weird thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they haven't looked good. They haven't looked good. They've just been like maybe it's like, hey, you beat Miami 35 to nothing. Maybe you should have beat them 60 to nothing. Yeah. It's the college you know I mean? fo- it's the college football analysis, which was you right. won, but you didn't win badly enough. So are you that exactly. good? Yeah. Exactly. Yep, That's absolutely. what I think we're getting right now. Yeah. Um, but uh anyway, we could probably go on and on about the uh the Buffalo Bills for for a I long could. time. But um but the real reason we're here today um, is to talk about twins. And specifically, um, I wanted to talk, to talk to you about your very initial experience once the twins were born. Um, so I have some questions that I want to, your kind of thoughts and perspective on, um, and we sure. can go from there. But um, So my first question right off the bat was, did you feel like your hospital experience was majorly different or were there other things that you noticed during your hospital stay when you had the twins compared to having i say only a single child like that diminishes it which is not what i'm trying to say but did you find that having the twins um in the hospital was significantly different than having a single child significantly probably no but it was different. Um, we had a great staff. I, I think I mentioned it last time I was on. We, we had a great staff. And um, maybe they helped us out more because it was twins. Like, they took them for hours at a time to their little nurse's station. And and maybe they wouldn't have done that if it was just one kid. They're like, oh, I can handle that. But it's twins. We'll take them both. Or, oh, it's twins. They're so cute. We're going to take them. Like, who knows? So it, it seemed like like we were getting more help than we'd ever gotten, like from the nursing staff. Just like they were all over us, they helped us out and everything. But other than that, I think it was pretty similar. Um, now I have a question for you, then related to that, which is: Did you find because of your twins were your um, final children, meaning you already had three kids? At home, um, yes. How was the correct word? <laughs> how did you find? How did you find that was during the hospital stay? Because obviously, you and your wife are focused on the birth of your twins, um, but you've got these three other monsters who are um, at home, either with family or coming to visit, um, you know, and that type of thing. So, how did you find managing that overall was? Um, <clears throat> my mom's a saint. I mean, that's really the way to do it. She came up and she was able to stay with my kids. My sister also was all over my kids. They all helped out and took turns. They brought them to the hospital. They've got to see their little baby sisters and everything. My sister and my mom were just all over it. Um, my, f- my second kid, when we had him back in San Diego, he, uh, my one of my close friends in the Navy stayed with him or stayed with my daughter while we were having him. But I was, we were not in the hospital very long for that one. Um, and then my third kid, my second son, we had, when we moved up to Buffalo, we, my mom was about to drive back to Florida that next morning when my wife woke up at four in the morning and said, it's happening. By the way, he's born on Tom Brady's birthday. I happened to, when she said it's happening and like, she was like kind of getting her stuff together. I looked up, I Googled, celebrity birthdays i don't know why and i'm like nope hold it in <laughs> but my mom was leaving the next morning to go back to florida because she's a school teacher it was his, his birthday's in august and uh i called my mom i was like hey uh nope you're not leaving because she, she had planned she was i think we had like he was going to come a week later she's like i'll come back out no she so she 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 hung out with him or my first my first two while we went and had him uh, and then she came up for the twins cause they were born in uh, February. So she was obviously in school at the time, you know, teaching school at the time, but, uh, they were helpful and, and bringing, bringing all my other kids to the hospital to meet them. How about you? What happened with you now, now that you've gone through it? 
Well, so this is why I was curious your experience because um, because of everything happening right now, obviously with COVID, um, and honestly in in Western New York right now, we're going through an entire um, hospital work shortage. Um, you know, so nurses are are hard to come by. Um, you know, a couple of the hospitals were on strike, so that's even yep. you know uh, more. Um, you know, stress on them. Um, and I, I should say right off the bat, um, our medical team start to finish was absolutely fantastic. Um, so they did, they did wonderfully. Um, and, uh, but that being said, we were not allowed to have visitors at the hospital, um, because not only with COVID happening, uh, still, um, but just with the complete lack of staff that they have, they just can't accommodate you know, uh, multiple visitors. So, um, you know, we were allowed to have, my wife was basically allowed to have up to two people. So me and then one more. Um, and, uh, it's crazy that, that the, you, the father is one of the two, like, you're right. It's not like you're, you're, you know, like, like, like your wife, you, and then two people, like you have to be one of the two. It's, it's crazy that, and, and that's how it always is, but yeah. So we, um, so we actually didn't have any visitors in the hospital. So, um, my mother-in-law, uh, the saint that she is, um, stayed home with our daughter. And so we were in the hospital for, um, you know, several days and, um, yeah, it was just us. So it was just us and the twins, um, which was, to be honest with you, um, a godsend really, because we were able to just be twin parents. You know, we didn't have to, worry about people coming to visit we didn't have to be you know people coming i mean and they have you know people who come to visit have the best of intentions of course that's not what i'm trying to imply oh my god i didn't think about that that's awesome but we were able to just focus straight on uh on the twins which was uh which i think made everything incredibly um more manageable at least as manageable as it could be obviously having twin newborns um and my wife um recovering from a c-section um you know and that type of thing okay i gotta ask this takes me on off on a little bit of a tangent sure. but your wife had a c-section for your twins as well correct yes and that was her only c-section correct yes the c-section from my perspective was a blur i feel like i was as I got called into the OR, you know, in my gown and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, and before I knew it, we were back in our, um, like recovery room. Like, I feel like it was, it was over in a snap. It was crazy. Interesting. Did, what was I, your experience I, like? No, I'm vivid. I'm vivid, Bubby. I, I got all of it. It's actually the next few hours afterwards that I vaguely remember. I remember my wife's brother coming to visit us with his girlfriend at the time. And, a nurse knew him from high school or something like that. Those are, but no, in the OR, man, I, I, that's all here. I, I, no blur there. I've got it all that. I think last time on your podcast, I mentioned how I saw all my wife's innards because they didn't tell me where I was coming to the room at, but no, when they, they took each baby out, weighing them, putting the um, bracelet, hospital bracelet on them and giving them to me. I held them for a minute. My wife, her head behind the blue tarp. I, 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 it's all there. I was I, talking to the anesthesiologist. I have all of the memories. Like when I sit back and think about it, you know, yeah. I, I have all of those memories. Now, it's really funny you mentioned that because I also came in. You mentioned you came in on the wrong side of the drape. Um, yeah. So did I. But you prepared Ugh. me for that. Oh, so good. I was able to keep my head down and kind of just walk around the tarp. And, um, in the, in the OR that we had, um, as I walked in, all of the like baby stuff was on the right. So like the nurses were there, yes. um, yes. they had the, they had the NICU ready. Um, but I think that they, that's just because twins, right? Like they always have the NICU yes. ready just in case. So they're there, they're introducing themselves to me, um, you know, and that type of thing. And they have the little baby stations ready to go there. I mean, there were like at least 20. 20 people in there, um, which was uh, like, it was crazy how many people were in there. And um, so I'm going around and then of course I come around the the drape and then, and then see my wife. So, um, but it was like, 
it was so bizarre because once once I was called in, like so they were born at twelve twelve and twelve thirteen respectively. And okay. but the last text that I sent my uh my friend Pat, um, who is my who's been my, you know, one of my best friends since birth. We grew up across yeah, the street from each that. other, you know, and uh my last text to him, he was the last one I texted before I walked into the OR, was at 12.04. And the twins were born at 12.12 and 12.13. So it's like crazy how it's just like, I I got in there and then I I felt like I blinked and it's like, oh, here's baby one. And I was like, wait, what? Oh yeah, I wasn't waiting for very long. Yeah. Um, And so, but then again, when you think about it, they have, they're all ready to go before you even right. walk in, right? So when you think about like it, said, it makes sense. Her innards like, are already out on the table next to it. Exactly. They, <laughs> they don't need you in there for that part. Right. So, um, and then once the babies are out, I'm going back and forth between mom and babies. I'm cutting cords. I'm taking pictures. Um, okay. Like you said, the hospital braces. So like I have all of those memories, but when I just like think about and step back to the overall experience, I feel like at the same time, like I blinked and it was over and I'm, and I'm in the room, like in recovery with these newborns. Um, so it's crazy how, I mean, I guess in a good way, how fast and efficient they are. Cause obviously with major surgery, you're not going to want to, uh, you know, sit there and dilly dally necessary, but, uh, um, yeah, it's, it was a, a crazy, experience and obviously completely different than the uh than the first our first child which was born you know naturally if i can call it that um but uh but anyway i'm curious your thoughts so you know hospital stay all of that good stuff bringing the twins home once you got home what was that experience like for you and i want to ask this question in two ways uh, one of which is, how did you um, adapt? Because when you come home with one kid, obviously there's, you know, you can put all of your focus on one child, or at least that particular newborn. Obviously, you have more than one, but you know that particular newborn. But with twins, it's almost a whole different game plan when you're coming through um, and you're coming home with twins. So, what was that experience like for you? And then also, what was your experience like? Then melding that in with your already older children. Um. So the first part was just it's coming home with them was not horrible, and I think I got I kind of got to answer both at once. I guess as I'm trying to like put this together, the kids just the existing kids just wanted to be helpful they wanted to be a part of it especially my oldest she has been wanting to be a big sister to girls obviously since the first two were oh boys. she must have been so, so excited she was she was and she was very helpful she would uh you know hey i need this or hey can you guys not do that so loudly and they were all about it and um i was able to stay with my wife and we just tag teamed everything we we got up together with the twins we we, we basically were a we're playing two on two. We um, would occasionally let each other sleep for stuff and everything, but we were we were we were tag team the whole operation, and then you know we would still give the other kids their attention they needed and stuff, and do whatever with them. But but I think the other three being so involved and helpful and and just wanting to be a part of it really helped out because they weren't trying to be like you know selfishly taking time for themselves or they weren't like upset. And I mean they were already one of three each so it's not like they had it all on them anyways but they they were very understanding and very helpful for us how did you find it was specifically because what i'm finding you mentioned them really wanting to be helpful and that's something that um our daughter definitely wants to do um now my experience is a little bit different because i am going from an only child's daughter to now mm-hmm. one of three, right? So, sure. um, so I know you mentioned that you said your you had three prior to your twins, so your three were already a little bit um, used to the uh, attention split, I guess if I can call it that. Um, but 
when we brought our twins home, like you mentioned, our daughter was super excited about being uh, helpful. But there's that balance between helpful and um, then also, hey, we need to allow the twins to sleep or, hey, we need, you know, that type of thing. Oh, yeah, of course. And then also. And I'm curious your thoughts on this as well. You mentioned like tag teaming, you know, everything with your wife, allowing um, the, um, you know, each other to sleep and that type of thing. One thing I think we are noticing right now is and what I'm specifically noticing is. With the twins obviously being, you know, well, as any new parent knows, uh, you know, you're sleep deprived and everything like that. But if you're up all night with the twins, you still have to get up with your kid the next day. Yes, of course. So how did you guys work on that specifically? So obviously, if you guys are helping each other throughout the night, but then you're exhausted the next day, you still had three kids that you had to um, deal, I say deal with, you know, hang out with or, you know, care for the next day. How did you guys work through that? Okay, so when I answered your question for the first time, I was referring to, you said when we first came home, when we first came home, after about a week or two of that, we went back she started doing the twins at night and I would sleep at night. And then I had the other three throughout the day. And then, you know, we would, we would, you know, cross paths here and there with the kids. But, um, after, after a little bit and, and, and my, my mom was there for the birth and then went back to Florida and came back. I remember I took six weeks off of work. Okay. And the only reason I went back is because that seventh week, my mom came back for a full week from Florida. So after, yeah, after about like the first two weeks, we kind of, I went back to sleeping at night and handled the other three kids and my wife did the twins at night. So that's kind of how that worked. So, so at that point you then kind of divided and conquered as it were. Yes. Um, and that's we, we had to go to that at one point. I mean, I mean, we were getting pretty sleep deprived. We were always good. We were super like, you know, like, we were good together. We were never like snapping on each other. We, we, we understood the situation and we were both very, you know, together on everything, but like, we're like, something's got to change just to like help our mental state. So, and then she slept a lot during the day when the twins were sleeping. So I would, I would have, I would help out. And that's when I was you know, taking over the other three. Now I'm curious because this is something that I'm experiencing with, um, my wife and daughter currently, which is my daughter. Now, again, only child up until this point, my daughter is obsessed with my wife. And so it's hard for us to, um, you know, explain that to her, you know, that it's not, you know, that they're, I mean, again, she loves her sisters. She loves caring for them. Um, and she's obsessed with them too. Um, but now, you know, obviously my wife has to take care of the twins. There are certain things that, uh, that I just can't do. You know, I don't have the parts for it. And, uh, and so in that standpoint, um, you know, my daughter is, um, she's doing great overall. But I mean, there's, you can tell there's some struggle there with, um, you know, not being mommy's only one anymore, um, which I think is a natural thing for a two and a yeah, half year old to experience. That's not yeah. abnormal. Um, but did you find that specifically happened with any of your kids once you brought the twins home? Did you notice that like any particular one of your kids was, was struggling with that dynamic? I wouldn't say that any of them were struggling cause they were already at, like I said, a third timeshare anyways with my wife. I mean, obviously all three of them love my wife and, and me, but you know, mom gets, yeah, no mom gets I'm priority. Just, I'm yeah. just silly dad, but, but you know. My youngest was very attached to her. My youngest before the twins was very attached to her. And he, he had a little bit of an adjustment period, but it wasn't horrible because like I said, he was already splitting time with the other two, but he did have to realize that he can't just like, he slept with us. He was just wouldn't sleep in his own bed. And at that point, you know, we we only had three at the time. We're like, whatever, who cares? Like it's, is what it is. So he had to figure that one out. But you do have your own bed. And now he does. And, you know, whatever. Um, eventually, it's going to happen anyways. But uh, just like little things like that. But he was he was good. He wasn't, it wasn't horrible for him. Once he figured out, like, okay, well, there's more now. But I think the thing, the difference between you and I is, is, that, is that I had three and you had the one. So that whole only child thing wasn't a thing for any of my kids when we brought the twins home. Because 
I, I find it's just more like, yeah, no, definitely. I, I find that it is, there's, it's just little, little things here and there, you know, which is just like, you know, little routine things that are thrown off, you know, that, uh, you know, for example, oh, like course. for like bedtime, you know, and things like that. Now, I mean, my wife is recovering from a C-section, so she can't lift yep. my daughter in and out of the crib. So I have to do that, but that's different than it's been up until this point. You know, bedtime was kind of mommy daughter time, you know, and it's, it still is, but I'm kind of hanging out around the corner waiting for when she's ready to go in her crib. And I just swoop in and like pick her up and put her in her crib. Um, but there's, you know, there's those little adjustments, um, yeah. you know, that overall I think she's doing well, but there's still been some, uh, there's still right, been some major emotion, shall we say. Um, yeah and i think i was more speaking to the major emotion like i wasn't even thinking about like little things like you just described because yeah you're right routines change when you now bring two extra human beings into the house that were not routine before well this has been awesome man um and uh, it's been good to hear your experience but um we're going to take a quick break here on the dad joke loading podcast again i got connor with me uh this week talking about all things twins twins in the hospital and bringing twins uh, home uh, to meet their families. Um, make sure you hit us up if you have any, um, you know, bringing kids home or introducing kids to family stories. Dad joke loading podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at loading dad and on Instagram at dad joke loading podcast. But when we come back for the break, Connor and I are going to do something that we love very, very much. And that's talk more about the office. So when we come back, we're going to talk about our favorite TV show. So hang tight. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hi, I'm sound designer and composer Michael Spicer, and I want to help you with the audio in your podcast. Take your audience wherever you want with locations like this relaxing meadow. That's nice. Except for that fox over there. Or maybe a bustling city is more your speed. Or maybe somewhere a fox wouldn't be, like next to an active volcano. Okay, if you need sounds or music for your project, go to Welcome back to the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. I'm Christian, alongside Connor here, back on the show. We're talking all things twins, uh, Buffalo Bills, and now also one of our favorite things, which is The Office. So if you listened to Connor and I's last episode, um, we had a really fun segment where we tried to stump each other with office trivia, and we had so much fun doing it that we're going to do it again. And so this is a recurring segment on the show that we know as Jeopardad. So, Connor, um, I gave you um, the guest's honor of going first last time, but I am going to take that honor back this time as being the most recent twin dad uh, uh, of the group. So uh, so I'm going to ask the first question. Are you ready for Jeopardad Office Trivia Edition? Big time. All righty. Question one. And I've got, a, again, a, again, a mix. We said last time, you know, difficulty. There's a range here. Um, so I'm going to go with question one, which is, when Dwight is explaining his perfect crime, what is the name of his lover? Tiffany. Tiffany is correct. Good for you. Um, bonus question. He says that he's going to meet her in Mexico, but he goes to a different country. Do you know what that country is? It's northern. It's not Canada, though. Sweden? It's not Canada. It's it's a northern country. It's a cold. He likes the cold. I'll say Sweden. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it is Canada, actually. Is it Canada? It is. I go to Canada. I like the cold. Right. I knew it was because he likes the cold. I, I, I didn't think it was as obvious as Canada. Okay. Um. Okay, so my first question is is on theme through what we've just been talking about, though. Uh, and it's something that you and your wife obviously did not do, ever. Uh, Dwight explains to Angela how to ensure 
that the baby you're having is a boy. What do you need to do to, to ensure the baby's a boy? Is this during when they're making their contract for uh, sex five times uh, to completion? And 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 Angela says you can't know that it's you can't make sure it's a baby. And he says yes, you can. And he explains the steps in to do so. What are they? I can see them talking about it with the mediator and how yes. uncomfortable the mediator is because he's yes. like, this can't be legal. Like, and he's, <laughs> right. I can see it. Oh. I, do, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to say it's something it, like it's where a, he has It's to, a difficult question. He has to like, he, I feel like she has to like sit on something or like make sure something's a certain temperature. I feel like it's like hilariously specific, but I, I can't come up with it. So why don't you tell me? It is keep the womb extremely warm for two days after sex and then extremely cold for five months. <laughs> That's, That's so how you ensure your. So obviously you and your wife have not done that because you have three girls. Yeah. So, <laughs> so either my wife's womb was too warm for too long or it was not warm. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> right. So we don't need to go into that. Okay. No. Speaking of Angela, my question too. What song does Angela sing with the karaoke machine on the episode Karaoke Christmas? Little Drummer Boy. Damn, very good. All right, and bonus question. Where does she hide the power cord to the karaoke machine? Uh, in that little, the plant right by the uh, break room, like in the whatever tree plant, whatever that is. Very good in, in the in the potted plant. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, you're two for two. Okay, go ahead. Dwight's grandparents left him a large collection of what? Dwight's grandparents. This is like an off comment. It wasn't like a plot of the show or anything. He said it in <sighs> one of his little like side room interviews, whatever they are. Can you give me a clue on the episode? Oh god, what was happening? I forgot. I, I watched this recently. Which one was this? This one made me think of it. Um No, I totally forgot. It's got nothing to do with the plot of the episode though. Um It's literally a throwaway comment. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. It's, it's coming to me. It's furniture. It's oh wait, okay, it's arm it's armoires. It's armoires. Yes. Yeah, there you okay. Go. Once you said furniture, I had it. I was sitting there and I was like, I, I can see it in the, anyway, in the armoires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is such a throwaway comment. Oh, speaking of which, we were talking about this last episode, not on air, but we, uh, we were in the hospital. There was the office on all the time. And we were talking about the episode with Charles Minor. And we were yeah. talking about your favorite line when you were just like, <laughs> When Kevin's like, I thought it was a boy's name. <laughs> I thought Raj Degano was a boy's name. <laughs> and I died laughing. And my wife is sitting there going like, what is so funny? And I'm just like, anyway, then I had to explain how we got onto the fact that that was like <laughs> arguably your favorite line of the whole series, which is just a throwaway line of just like, exactly. I thought it's Raj God was a boy's name. It has nothing to do with anything. All right. People quote The Office, they say, that's what she said. They say, Bears beats Balsar Galactica. But the really funny stuff are those little funny throwaway lines. Um, all right. Question three. Yes. What are the names of the three rooms that Dwight describes at the Beats Motel during Jim and Pam's weekend away at Shroot Farms? Irrigation. One. America. Two. Uh, nighttime. Nighttime. Three. Very, very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, now I'm blanking on the actual story, but one of my favorite parts of that is just them reading Harry Potter. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was number three. I can't remember which one it was. I can't remember which like one it was. Three. It was was it yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban? Anyway, and and Moe's just like sitting on the bed, yeah. just like listening. <laughs> yeah. So good. That was uh, yes. America, irrigation, 
and nighttime. Nighttime. Yeah. And we're completely wireless here at Tree Farms. <laughs> uh, we'll let you know when we get the power back on. <laughs> All right, you're up. Okay. Um, which, according to Angela, which two colors are whorish? And bonus question is why? Which two colors are whorish and why? I, uh... Why is the same for both of them? Is this a party planning thing? Yep. Okay. I want to say one of them is green. Yep. Um... Ah. And it's because Phyllis is wearing green, isn't it? Correct. Okay. Um, I remember that part. I'm going through the interaction in my head, which is why I'm trying to like think (laughs) green and and orange. Yes. Right. Because it's no orange is whorish. Um, It's two separate occasions. And each time Phyllis is wearing it. Yeah. The first time it's green, and then she says something about orange being horrid, or something. No, Angela says something about green the second time, and, and Phyllis says, I thought you said green is horrid. And Angela says, no, orange is horrid, because at that time, Phyllis is wearing orange. I, I, don't, I don't know why, though. I don't have the why. No, it's, it's, it's her being mean to Phyllis. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, that, that's all it is. It's just, it, there's no reason for it. She's just being nasty to Phyllis both times. One of my favorite interactions between the two of them is when Phyllis is using the um, like conflict resolution techniques and like trying to ask Angela about her feelings. Remember when when she's like, "We're going to try a few of these today," and then Angela comes back and goes, "Those are spoons. What we need are forks, which have little pointy things on them." And then she just comes back, just like (laughs) little spears, just oh yeah, little spears, which have little spears on them, and like just so perfect. And you could just see Phyllis just like steaming mad because she got beat. Oh yeah, Um, because she yeah she didn't right right. Ah, that's funny. Okay, all right. Question four. Yes. Which song? Oh, no, this is my, this is me four. No, this is four. Yeah, sorry. Um, Which song does Dwight sulk to in his car over Michael and Ryan's budding friendship? Right. I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I I know the scene and, and Jim and Pam come and talk to him and Jim tells him, you should quit. That'll show him. But, uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know the song. It is Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. Yeah. Uh, of course. If, if I would have thought about that. Right, right. Because like, when you're saying that, I know exactly the scene and everything. But I'm thinking about Michael's, uh, you know, where he's playing the minute of the song. Oh, the James Blunson, um, Goodbye, yeah. My Lover. <laughs> I love that. When he's just like, <laughs> you have been. I don't need the full song. I don't need the full song. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay, so um, I just want you to name five celebrity cameos on The Office that have one, maybe one and a half episodes. No, nothing like Will Ferrell or anything like that. Someone that have, that have barely been on the the show, but celebrity cameos could have been on for five seconds, could have been on for like one episode, but strictly um, name five people, you know, relatively known celebrities. That okay. Um, quite a few i've got a list um okay where to start uh okay jim carrey uh because yep. he's the finger lakes guy he's the finger lakes guy um well it's kind of cheating but ray romano because he's on in that same episode yep um you said I can't use Will Ferrell because yeah, I guess he's on. No, because he had because he had multiple episodes. Yeah, I had multiple can't episodes. use Amy Adams because she had multiple episodes. Oh, yeah, she did. That doesn't count. Okay, yeah. so people like that don't count. Um, oh crap! Who's the basketball player that Jim plays basketball with? Um, well, I don't have him written down. I know you're talking about. I don't have him written down as my list, but yes, that counts if you can think of his name. Yeah, if I can think of his name. 
Oh my gosh, it's in Philadelphia. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, I'll I'll come back to that one, I guess. Um, okay. Oh, this is going to kill me. And I should. Eh, office fans everywhere are probably screaming at me right now that I can't come up with anything else because I'm just trying to like like sweep through all the episodes, right? Like it's a. Uh, yep. I um, know. Right, I get it. Uh, okay. Why don't you Why don't you give me um, a, a few hints about like what their characters may or may not have been? Uh, well, there were more um, than just uh, Ray Romano and Jim Carrey as interviewees. There's more, and, and and you can't use what's his name that got the job, James Spader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in for a there's lot. There's more. There's more than just those three. Um, hints. I don't know. I'd give them away if I gave you a couple. There's there's some late night talk show hosts. There's the creator of the entire series. There's a lot here. Um, okay. Um, no, I'm struggling, man. All right, just give me some. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the one that's gonna make you kick yourself in the ass the most. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. Of course. You're just. Not, that's what like, I, I you're thought. Just you were gonna... not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ricky Gervais, he uh, is you know oh, from the original yeah. office. In the in the Michael um, runs into him for a minute in the elevator. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Ken Jong, the guy from the Hangover series, he's in Michael's. Uh, oh, improv and group. A comedy group. Yeah, yeah, improv yeah. Improv group. Yep. Conan. Conan O'Brien's oh. like for like two seconds. Doesn't he walk by him when uh, walks by Michael's him in New York? He right. He, the fake Tina Fey. Yeah, the fake Tina Fey. <laughs> Stephen Colbert, Christian Slater. Um, there's more. Um, Will Arnett is in interviews for. Uh, oh, he does for the job as well. As does Warren Buffett. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're creaming me right now. Um, I, I forgot I about Stephen Colbert. I, I had some. Uh, I forgot Stephen Colbert's Broccoli Rob. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. But my biggest thing for you is Aaron Rodgers. I thought you would have gotten that. Well, he's dead to me now, as we already described. That's so that's true. probably that's why fair. I forgot that's about fair. that. So that's good for you. Good for you. Those are those are good. Um, <laughs> All righty. I got my last question here. Yep. When Michael and Dwight try to get Toby fired, what do they plant on him? Caprizi salad. Caprese salad. Very good. Very good. That's very good. Okay, bonus question. How much did Michael pay for it? $500. (laughs) I'm losing money on this. Yeah, the guy's like, this is a good deal. I'm basically losing money off this. Oh, my God. That's so funny. One of the best parts of that interaction is when Michael's just like, I'm not wearing a wire. And then the guy's like, why would you feel compelled (laughs) to say say that? Exactly. Alrighty, go ahead. All right, last one for me. What is the name of Dwight's porcupine? Oh my gosh! What is the name? It's when Jim and Dwight are like pranking each other to not get their bonus or whatever, with Andy as the boss, and Dwight plants the porcupine himself, and Jim gets him to say the name by calling animal control oh yeah um okay hold on he calls animal control were you quill yes something yes the porcupine's name and then he says it that's what gives it up that it's dwight's porcupine oh yeah um uh oh it's coming to me um uh henrietta there you go. Yeah, it took me a second. That's it. I, I don't know that I would have got it if you didn't give me the like animal control thing because I had to play it through oh, my head. But yeah. I gave it away. That's my bad. You gave it away. No, that's okay. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have got it otherwise. Yeah, Henrietta. Right. Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, Porcupine's name. Henrietta. Oh, <laughs> busted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good, man. All righty. Well, this has been fun, and I'm sure we could go back and forth with this uh, uh you know, for hours, I'm sure. Much like we could Good. with the Buffalo Bills and much like we could um, about our twins. But um, yes. thank you again for hanging out with me, Connor. This has been another episode yes. of the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. Uh, please reach out to the show, whether it's office trivia, Bills takes, 
uh, stuff about twins, kids at home, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. Again, dadjokeloadingpodcast at gmail.com, uh, at dadjokeloadingpodcast on Instagram, at loadingdad on Twitter. Um, and make sure you check out Connor on Instagram as well. Uh, him and his crazy family are fun to follow. And you can see his picture of Josh Allen during a selfie at the airport at 2.30 in the morning. But all of that being said, uh, Connor, really appreciate your thoughts um, and your experience. Your family has been wonderful to us. Um, and so we, we can't thank you enough. Uh, but thanks for hanging out uh, with me this week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Alrighty, guys, we will see you next week again. I'm Christian alongside Connor this week. This has been the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.